as far north as Marauder's Arch, as far south as Booty Isle, as far east as Ruby's Fall, and as far west as Mermaid's Hideaway, Pirate Talk Radio proudly presents the most in-your-face Sea of Thieves podcast on the waves, and now broadcasting from his mother's basement, the biggest idiot to ever pick up a cutlass, your host, Davram! What's up, guys, and welcome back to Pirate Talk Radio. This is episode 78. I am Davram, and I hope you are all doing well. I hope you all had a good week, and I hope that you're all getting out there on the seas and enjoying uh, season seven. As when this episode comes out, we will be in season seven. It is no longer on the horizon, it is no longer in the spyglass. We are sailing on season seven waves. Now, I have not had the opportunity to, to, to sail. Um, my first sail, usually for every season, is my Saturday sail uh, with Captain Logan and, and two podcasts, uh, one boat on Saturdays at 4 p.m. Uh, Eastern Standard Time. And what I will say is you probably want to, you know, make sure you tune in because um, uh, I've got a convention next week. And I have a show the week after that, so this is going to be the last two podcasts, one boat, for a couple weeks, so make sure you get in there. And if you're listening to this right now, we're probably sailing right now, if you listen to it right when it hits your app. So you should probably, you know, pause this and go enjoy our stream and then come back to it. Um, but yeah, I've, uh, I've had, a, it's been a, it's been a crazy week. Uh, work's been nuts. Uh, things have been crazy. I've been trying to keep up with all the the news, the Sea of Thieves news, um, as best I can since I've got back from uh, from Sea of Thieves Fest. I hope everyone enjoyed the Sea of Thieves Fest live recording. Um, I I do apologize for the the YouTube viewers. Uh, it did get out there uh, a little bit late. Um, I I mean I got back and I immediately went back to work. I didn't have any time off um, aside from that trip. So I got back, I went right back to work, and I got the audio done, uh, which the audio uh, editing is actually quite easy um, compared to video editing. So there's a lot more I have to do, and it takes a lot longer than video editing. But it's out there. Uh, made, I had a, some, some tweets that said, hey, get your, get your act together and get it up there. So I got it up there. Uh, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. We are also uh, less than 30 subscribers on YouTube away from getting the custom pirate talk radio URL. So please, please, please. If you haven't done so already, if you're a normal podcast listener, go over to YouTube, search up the pirate talk radio. You can obviously uh, find it just by typing in pirate talk radio in YouTube and hit that subscribe button. Then eventually we'll be able to get that youtube.com slash pirate talk radio. So um, I also have uh, my vlogging. I'm not a good vlogger. I will I will be the first to admit it right now. It's, it's, it, I'm not good at it. But if you want to see the entire trip um, to England, to Sea of Thieves Fest, um, all the stuff that I recorded and talked about, um, that is sitting right next to me on, a, uh, on an SD card. So um, I do still have to get that done and edited and out, and I, I, will, I will be working on that. So that is also coming to the Pirate Talk Radio YouTube channel. So check that out. Before we get into all of the Sea of Thieves goodies, I want to take the time to thank the patrons. You folks are what helps more than anything to, to drive me forward with your financial support of my content. So thank you very much. I want to thank Lane and Regis Stella. Thank you both for continuing your support uh, for Pirate Talk Radio and my content. I greatly appreciate it. It means the world to me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And if you would like to also join the patrons, join that club, get your name read off, help support the content, you can go over to patreon.com slash TV and select which of the tiers best fits your financial situation and generosity. Oh, I have my book on my coffee. I was looking for my, my coffee and I was going to take a sip there at the end of the Patreon read, but 
My book was covering the coffee. So season seven. So a few things that uh, I'll just kind of give you a rundown of what we're going to look at in the show today. Um, We had three videos leading up to the launch of season seven on um, August the 4th, Thursday. Um, A couple different videos. Um, There was a news video, a short one, their normal short Sea of Thieves news video. There was the content update video. And then there was the deep dive where they actually had interviews. It it was it's pretty much interviews with the rare folks um, about the content uh, uh, update. Right. They didn't really give us any more information in that. Um, It was just kind of uh, um, explanations on some of the features that they announced in the the content um, update video. So we're going to go through those videos. I'm going to talk about the different features again, haven't touched season seven yet. Um, have bear probably watched less than 30 minutes, sat down and watched less than 30 minutes of, of stream. So I know very little, uh, about season seven, except what was in these videos and, and the patch notes, which we'll also look at. Uh, we're not going to dive into the patch notes too much. Cause t- to be honest, this, this patch was pretty much all new features, uh, which we'll highlight in the videos. Uh, and wasn't too much on the lines of of any sort of fixes or major changes um, um, as far as that's concerned. There were definitely fixes in there, but nothing like, in my mind, that were super huge and, and amazing. So that's kind of where uh, our adventure goes today. Um, we'll look at all that stuff. Um, so let's start with um, the drops. So there are uh, Twitch drops going on right now, and they have changed the format of Twitch drops. Now, previously, you would watch either a partnered streamer or a non-partnered streamer, um, depending on the type of depending on the drops. You know, Rare would sometimes allow non-partnered streamers. Thank you, Rare, uh, to to get drops and to to provide drops to the audience, um, but. They've changed the format. It used to be 20 minutes and you would get the drop for the day. Um, The day turns over. You no longer get that drop. You would get the next drop for 20 more minutes and so on and so far. So 20 20 minutes a day. There were pros and cons to that system. Uh, Pro, you only had to watch for 20 minutes. So you only had to either lurk in a stream for 20 minutes or sit down and watch a stream for 20 minutes. You could obviously set it on your phone and put your phone down or whatever you may choose to do. But it was only 20 minutes. That's a pro. You did have to claim the reward within 20 minutes or 20, 24 hours. Uh, and then it was in your chest with, within about a week, the cons you had to do it every single day. So if you were traveling on, on the weekend, uh, and you missed out on, let's say two or three, or even just one day of those, you can't get it back. If you were traveling or you were away from like, maybe you went out camping and didn't have any sort of service, there was no way you were going to get that back. Now, again, you could leave a device on at your house or at wherever you are that has internet. Um, but if you're in a place that does not have signal or internet and you're in that location for more than 24 hours, yes, they exist out there. Um, you weren't going to get your drop and that, that kind of sucked. Um, especially if, you know, it was a day or two and you had other days on either side, but could never make up those drops that you missed. So there were some pros and cons to that system. And there's some pros and cons to the new system. So the new system is you must watch, uh, for this set of drops, the partnered streamer, and you need to watch them for a cumulative three hours. There are three drops. Each drop you get is, uh, takes one hour to get. And you must claim that drop before the next one proceeds to go. Now, what are the pros and cons to this? Just like the last system pro, you can do it all in one day. If you lurk in a stream for an hour, go back to your device, hit claim. It starts the next one, next hour, claim, next one, claim. And then you don't have to worry about the drops for the rest of the weekend. If you're traveling or, or gone, yes, it is three hours, which is more than it would have been an hour, it would have been 30, uh, 20 minutes, 40 minutes, uh, 60 minutes. So an hour um, before w- would get you three drops. Now it's an hour for one drop. So yeah, it's a more time investment. Again, drops are supposed to encourage people to go watch streamers, etc. cetera, um, which again, that's fine. Uh, some people may not like the idea that they have to do three hours now instead of 20 minutes. 
But the nice thing is you can rock it all out in one day. So, for example, for myself, I am working um, from home today. So I have behaving beardly out on my TV and I've got an alarm set for an hour. And in an hour, I will go to my Twitch page. I will claim my reward and it'll go to the next one. I think I'm almost on the third one, although I believe I have these cosmetics. They are the Morningstar cosmetics. The pants are great, by the way. The pants are my favorite part. Um, great, great design pants. But I can see where some people aren't going to like that. But again, you can knock it out in one day. You don't have to be there every single day. So in my opinion, this is a better system of drops and it's it allows more people to get all of the drops and not have to worry about, oh, I missed yesterday. Oh, I can't make it today. Oh, I, I can't make it up tomorrow, right? You you can do it all in one sit down and one go. I think it's a better system and it brings Sea of Thieves in line with many, many, many other um, games who are successfully using the drop system. Is the drop system good? No, it's really not good. Um, I think Twitch has a lot to do uh, to to revamp the drop system and make it better for the users, auto claiming, things like that. I think there's a lot of stuff that Twitch could do to make the system better. Uh, But as far as what rare controls, as far as length of time watching, how to claim, I think they're in line with most other uh, uh, companies out there. I know that New World does this this way. Uh, Halo has uh, a similar time frame. I think it's absolutely fine. And again, If you can knock drops out in a single day, I think that's much better than forcing people to have to have the time to sit down, um, you know, three days. Again, lurking still requires Internet. Lurking still requires Internet. And I can tell you this. If I took a camping trip where I go camping, there is no Internet. I have no cell phone service. I have no Internet. Period. End of story. So if there were drops during that weekend and I was gone Saturday and Sunday camping, I would not get two days worth of drops. But if I've got Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I can at least do everything on Friday for the rest of the weekend, go camping, no internet, be away from people, be away from digital stuff, and I can be in my happy place. But um, so I, I think it's a better solution. I know uh, last Saturday, uh, Logan and I talked about it and and uh, uh, back and forth, and he's more, um, it seemed like more of a fan of the the, the shorter time period. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think there's pros and cons to both, and I think giving the, the, the viewer uh, or the player the ability to get all the drops in a single day is, is much better because then the player gets to decide what day uh, they use to get their drops instead of forcing them to do daily login. If you've ever heard me play on stream, playing New World, playing any sort of game, I do not like games who require me to log in to do something every single day. I do not like it. I have never liked it. I am, I've always been against it in games like World of Warcraft or any game that requires daily login. I should want to log into your game every single day. I do not need you to force me to log into your game every single day. And the same thing goes with Twitch drops. Again, I think Twitch can do a lot better um, on how they do drops. Um, I think there should be more options. I think there should be auto-claiming features, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But it is what it is. We can't control Twitch. Um, Rare can't control Twitch. They can just do uh, what they can do with the, the the features that are out there. And I think switching to you can sit down for one day and get all the drops is a much better system than forcing people to log in or watch every single day. Um, so that's just my, my two cents on that. I think this is much better. I'll have all my drops claimed and I won't have to worry about the rest of the weekend while I'm down working on my new studio and painting and all that stuff. I won't have to worry about it. Even though I'm still in a place with internet, I won't have to worry about it in case I forget. <clears throat> so that's kind of the big thing going on right now. Again, you'll have, uh, through the weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, uh, that's starting August 5th, um, 6th, 7th. I don't know if they go to Monday on the 8th, but, uh, three hours. Make sure you claim each and every hour. Make sure you have your Twitch account uh, linked to your Microsoft account. Make sure you claim each item each hour, because if you don't, if you watch three hours and you don't claim the item after hour one and hour two, you won't get progress uh, um, all, all the way down. So make sure you're claiming uh, your rewards um, each hour, right? But you can do it all in one day. All right, so let's jump into the first video. Uh, The first video was Sea of Thieves News. 
Uh, and we had a different face on Sea of Thieves news. Yes, we had our lovable pirate narrator uh, who we saw on the the last official Sea of Thieves podcast. Uh, he was our news anchor this time and ran through all the different features uh, that, that kind of were the big highlights for the news. Now, I'm going to talk about two of them, uh, and then we'll talk about the third one, which I, I have some opinions um, on. Of course, I would have opinions on. Uh, but the first one is, I, I think it's an okay feature. I don't think it's a game changer, uh, but I think it's at least cool. Um, I know some players will probably really enjoy that. For me, it's like I thought it was fine the way it was, but I can see why they added it. And that is a zoom-in feature for maps. Uh, I know uh, I, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of people who wanted this, where you can hold the map up in your hand and your camera will zoom in on it, right? Like like if you're doing a zoom in on a cam, uh, the cannon, like aim down sights on a cannon. Basically, now you have aim down sights on a map. Um, so again, you can get closer to the map. You can kind of see a little bit more. Again, I thought it was fine the way it was. But I'm, I'm sure there is an accessibility or there is a good reason that there was time developed for this. I don't know how helpful it's going to be. Again, haven't got to experience it, haven't got to play it. So I'll keep my mind uh, open-minded about this. And uh, I will wait until I actually get to experience this and maybe hear some feedback from people who this really helped. But for me, I thought the the holding the map and seeing where the X was the way it's been, I think has been fine. Um, but again, they wouldn't have developed it, I don't think, um, unless there was a, uh, a, a a need for it, right? Uh, the second one is the next adventure. The next adventure is uh, the hunter or a hunter's cry. Um, it's going to be about rescuing our our a dear friend Merrick. That anyone who saved Golden Sands uh, sentenced to death. Um, I'm I'm dying on that hill. I will I will die on that hill. If you saved Golden Sands, you sentenced Merrick to die. Congratulations, you have taken my ability to sell fish away from the center of the map. That's your fault. And if you're upset that you can't sell fish out of the center of the map, it's because you saved Golden Sands. There you go. A Hunter's Cry will launch on August 18th. So we'll get to see the next cinematic um, the, the next cinematic adventure again, I think they're starting to get on a roll with these adventures. I think they're starting to figure some of it out. Um, I think they've obviously, um, learned, um, a bit from their early adventures, some of the RNG and things like that. Uh, they're going to still make mistakes. I, I have a feeling that there are going to be adventures coming out at some point that aren't exactly great and, and that we're going to not like, and that I'm going to, you know, crucify them for, but until that happens again, I'm going to say that they're in a great, good, uh, a good direction right now. I thought the last adventure, um, where we found out, you know, Merrick's captured and we have to go through the story, uh, with Amaranta. I thought it was fantastically done. I thought the voice acting was great. I thought the cinematography was great. I, it was, it was perfect. That, that was the, that is what I want to see out of every adventure. I thought it was absolutely outstandingly designed and executed in the game. So I hope a hunter's cry continues on that theme. I hope this isn't going to become like a windows uh, development system where you have a good operating system XP, then you have a bad one in Vista, then you have a good one, then you have a bad one. Then it's basically whatever team is working on that off operating system. It's going to come out and people are going to hate it and it's not going to be good. I hope the rare staff is not in that style of team where there's one team who has one particular particular design style that in general is RNG based or, or multiple crew based, you know, like what we saw in the earlier adventures. And then all of a sudden we get to the teams who actually know how to design a good adventure. Like we saw with the last one. I, I, I hope that's not the case. I, I hope it's not, I know they have multiple teams, but I really hope we don't go through this cycle of really good adventure. What adventure should be into an RNG crappy experience back into a good one. I hope we don't do that. I hope we have um, more of a unified voice and a unified direction around the style of adventure that we saw um, with the Amaranta one with the, with the Merrick one. And yes, I am awful with names. So you can correct me on Twitter or discord or however you wish to get a hold of me to remind me what the last adventure was called because i already forgot because i'm bad with names that's how it is uh and now uh the thing that blew my mind 
Okay. So I've played video games since I was 13 years old. Um, obviously I've been on Twitter since it existed. I was on MySpace before that I was on Facebook. I've been on every single social media platform that has existed. Um, namely because in a previous employment, social media was my job, uh, social media software and integrations and research was my job. When a company comes up with a new feature or a new product, there are different ways to approach the announcement of said product or said feature. There are the companies that they're just out there to literally create dank memes. They are out there to meme and troll their uh, users, to troll their customers, and that's what their customers and users expect. And then there are the folks that they want to put out a professional nice, maybe funny, maybe whatever it is, feature or product that they want everyone to love and talk about positively. And then there's rare. And I think rare is more of the latter. Their social media account does do trolling on time to time. But when it comes to new features, even if you look at the, the Bethesda Xbox showcase, they had all the features there. They did it in a fun and memorable way. They did it the rare way, but there, I mean, there were things that people could say about it, you know, Oh, it's a sing along and stuff like that, but it was well put together and everything like that. But stools really like talk about, talk about part of the, of the news Talk about part of the news that, that talked about a new feature, right? Everyone's excited about captaincy. Everyone wants to know more about captaincy and they bring out the sea of thieves news and they're talking about the Emporium and Cosmo and they talk about a stool, literally another entity that is spawning on islands that what do you do with it? Pick it up, carry it wherever you want and sit your ass down has legitimately no purpose in the game aside from sitting. That is all the purpose. You can't take it and beat a skeleton over the head with it. You can't take it and PVP with it. You can't take it and, and like sit on the, the shoreline and attach a rope to your boat and go like, I don't know, boogie boarding with it. I can't stick it in the eye of a cr crustacean creature. It has no purpose in the game, but sitting. And I know for some players out there, they're going to take that and they're going to make amazing Sea of Thieves shot contest pictures with it. And there are going to be some cool, sweet pictures that we get out of this. But did you really have to spend the time to develop another sitting thing that you can move around? What, what benefit does this bring to the game? especially in an update like captaincy, an update that we've wanted for a long time to name our ships, to customize our ships, to save loadouts to our ships. And you give us a stool. Like if you've listened to my show for a while, you will know. And I still hear about it. People still like, joke with me about it at time to time. People still troll me about it from time to time. I will still get messages in discord from rare devs to be like, Hey, remember the comfy mattress and the sloop? Because I raged about that because I do not understand why the brig needed to be taken out of the sloop and a bed put there. Obviously they had the sleeping feature, so they needed a bed to, to use the sleeping feature on a sloop, but literally pointless development time to put a bed in a sloop. And it's not even a bed. It's literally a sheet on boards. I will try not to get back into the rant about the, the, the comfy mattress. You can go back to that episode and listen to it. If you want, I rage and I have the same internal burning hatred for the decision of putting a stool in the game. You have servers that cannot support six ships right now. You can still only support five ships. You have hit registration that is still busted as shit. And you have a brand new season with new features 
of captaincy, which might I add when we get to uh, uh, known issues and bugs, the update you've pushed already twice, and by the way, two of its critical features are disabled right now. But by God, we could use that extra. We can use that development time to put a damn stool in the game, so you can carry it on the highest peak of freaking Cannon Cove and sit down and watch the stupid sunset. Really? At least let me beat a pirate over the head with it. At least let me use it as a melee weapon. At least let me sit, you know, on a, like, let me bring two stools and let me sit on one stool, like in the water, shallow water at like mermaids hideaway, the little pool. Let me sit there and beat fish with the other one. Clunk, clunk, clush, 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 and catch fish that way because it's a more entertaining way to catch fish than the current way of catching fish. Clunk, clunk, clunk. Let me board a boat with a freaking stool and dominate in PvP as I knock pirates out with a stool. Let me do that. But don't give me another entity on your already crappy server performance where you can't have your maximum amount of boats. Don't give me another entity out there that all that it's used for is sitting. Which, by the way, if you're on your ship and you're sitting and you figure out a way to keep your character online and you're sitting on your boat, you will level up your stupid captaincy thing just by sitting on a stool. It's just baffles my mind. It just goes back to the comfy mattress. Like why? (coughs) Why? (coughs) You want to do another tools, not rules update? Like you did in season five where you added dice and a whole bunch of other pointless shit to storytell. Cool. Do it then. Do it then. Don't just add a stupid ass stool because you can add a stupid ass stool. And hell, it's not even a stool that stays on your ship. If you if you portal hop, by the way, if you portal hop, the stool's gone. The stool is an entity. It's an, an, an entity, and it's not one that you keep like food and provisions in. So guess what? You go through the portal. You leave your stool behind. You leave your stool behind when you go through a portal. So you can't even keep it. You can't even put it on your boat and keep it there. I can't boogie board with it. I can't beat the hell out of another pirate with it. I can't jam it in the eye of a crustacean with it. I can't fish with it. All I can do is sit on it. It doesn't regenerate my health when I sit on it. My butt doesn't feel good because there's no cushion on it. What's the point of it? What is the point of it? There is zero point of it. And it doesn't make sense to be added to this update. In the future, if you want to do another tools, not rules, that's where you add it. You don't add it to captaincy. That seemed like, a, oh, we have this feature that we actually built back for season five and it just didn't work right. So we finished it. Let's just throw it in here. This seems like a good place. Let's just throw it in here and let's make it a key feature on Sea of Thieves News when we're showing off captaincy. A stool. Give me a break. Give me a break. Whoever PR'd that was a giant dummy. Next video that we got was the content update video. So this was more of a deep dive, and thank God it didn't have a stool. It didn't smell like shit either. We actually got some more information about captaincy. Hey, it's season seven and the main feature is captaincy. And we had an entire content video update about captaincy, not a damn chair. They revealed the ship costs. So some of you who have already played the game since it, uh, since it came out, you will already probably know these ship costs. But for those of you like me who haven't got to play it yet, the sloop is going to cost you for your personal sloop. Again, captaincy is optional, right? Captaincy is completely 100% optional. You do not have to buy a ship. You do not have to do any of that. You don't. 
You don't have to use your gold on that. Captaincy is going to unlock for you features for you to enjoy the game more. It's going to unlock things for you to do and unlock. But captaincy is 100% optional. So if you want to buy your own sloop and give it a name like your mom, it's going to cost you 250,000 gold. If you want the brig, it's 375,000 gold. If you want the galleon, it's 500,000 gold. And those ship costs are found on the main menu. I repeat, they are found on the main menu. Do not go into the game. Do not select sloop and open crew or closed crew. Set sail into the game and go up to the shipwright or the pirate lord or whoever you want to talk to and try to buy a boat. You cannot buy the boat in the game. Okay? You have to do it at the main menu. If you have already selected sloop and your crew type and you've already got ready to set sail, you are already too far. It is on the main menu. There is going to be an option there. Uh, it's either right, again, haven't logged in, but I was looking, trying to look at the pictures there. It's going to be right at the main menu where it says adventure and stuff like that, or once you get to the ship selection. But it's it's before your character is in the on the island, right? It's before that, before you set sail. That's where you buy your ship. You'll be able to pay gold to save your ship customization. So, for example... Um, if you go on and you've got this ship and you want to save the, I don't know, the ugly ass Kraken purple crab set on your ship, you select the pieces of the crab set that you want and you pay money and it saves it there. So every time you log into your ship, it will be there. You will also have the features to turn on and turn off crew members from changing the cosmetics. So if you are a person who is wrong when you play this game and you're using anything other than the sea dog cannons or the sailor cannons and you're just flat out wrong, okay, and you lock me out of changing them, there's a good chance I'm just going to leave your crew because I'm not using those cannons. Use the sea dog cannons, the glorious sea uh, dog, the triumphant sea dog, or the sailor cannons. Those are acceptable cannons. Don't put any fluted cannons. Don't put any, you know, bone crusher cannons. Don't put any, you know, party boat cannons, unicorn cannons, kraken, crab, whatever you... No, don't do it. Okay? Don't do it. Those aren't good cannons. Okay? Sailor or sea dog. Those are your choices. But you can lock that down so no crew member can change your cannons. Also, if you use cannon flares, I will probably also leave your boat. Uh, don't use cannon flares, period. Just don't do it. Um, but you can lock all the cosmetics that you save on your boat so no one can change them. You can also unlock them if you would like your crew to change them. Keep in mind, if your crew changes them, so if, let's say you have the um, legendary figurehead and they changed it to the party boat figurehead, that's fine. It does not save to your ship's loadout. And the next time you you log in with your ship or the next time you go to the shipwright, you can just get your loadout back. So don't worry if someone screws up your uh, look of your ship. It, it, it's saved. It, it's saved to you and your choices, not your crew's choices. But you can lock them out of changing it anyways. This is a feature I actually have talked about with friends and people for a long time. A lot of times, you if you're a person that sails for several hours uh, in anything from megalodons to skelly ships to ghost ships to whatever the case may be, your boat takes damage, and more so cosmetic-looking damage where the paint's all chipped off and it looks like giant you know, crater holes are all over the, the, the hull and stuff. And you're stuck with that boat until you log out and log back in. And if your playtime's not over and you're having a good time, you don't want to log out and log back in. Maybe you're enjoying the server that you're on. You can now go to the shipwright and pay money to have all of that repaired. So they will put a new paint of uh, uh, a new paint coat all over your boat and make it all shiny and new again. Make sure there's no dents or divots, you know, no cracks or or dings. They'll make it look all nice and pretty like it just came out of the carpentry shop. Uh, and it'll look, it'll look nice again. So there, there is that option. And what I enjoy about this, um, 
not only owning your own ship, not only saving the cosmetics, not only uh, repainting and a few other features we're going to see here is rare as finally figuring out good gold dumps, right? The dark adventurer stuff was not a good gold dump. That, that is a dumb gold dump. Sure. It's cool. Sure. I know a lot of people like the dark adventure stuff. It was designed nicely. It was a cool, unique look, but there is no sense in a gold dump like that. It didn't make any sense. This is a smart gold dump, saving your ship's cosmetics, uh, repainting, fixing your ship at the shipwright. So it doesn't look like it's been through hell and back. Um, new, new ways of purchasing, uh, um, like supplies for your ship, right? Right now we can go to the merchant Alliance and buy the, 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 the thing of bananas or fruit. You get the wood and you get the cannonballs. Well, now if you go to the shipwright as a captain, keep in mind, all this stuff I'm talking about is for captains. That's why I said captaincy is completely optional. You don't have to buy a ship. You don't have to become a captain. But if you do, or you're on a ship who has captaincy, you unlock these features. If you're just okay with, you know, not having your captaincy, not having it, you can still play the game. You know, it, it doesn't stop you from playing the game. If you don't want to buy a boat and stuff like that, you don't have to. You don't have to. But you do get some pretty cool features if you do. And the other one is supplies. You can pay the ship right to supply your ship with cannonballs with throwables, with fruit, with wood, and with uncooked meat. So you can now start your voyage with a good amount of supplies, including good food, which, again, you could go out to an island and, and kill a piggy or kill something. And I love to supply it. I, I honestly love supply writing. I love taking a storage crate around an island, looting all the barrels, you know, and coming back. I like that. That is something that I enjoy a lot when I play, but for some players who may not have the play time that I do. And cause when I play, I don't get to play a lot, but when I do, I play for hours, right? So I don't have a, a shorter play time. Some people can only play for 30 minutes, maybe an hour, whatever the case may be. They don't have the time to, to load up on all the supplies and then go out. And so, so this is a great gold dump, a great use of gold, a great balancing out of the economy, if you will, um, and giving players a quicker way to supply their ship and immediately get out there and play the game, right? I enjoy supply writing. Not everyone enjoys supplying up. I have no problem. I could spend, okay, so if you gave me a two-hour play session and I was on a galleon and I have three people doing a voyage, I would have no problem them going out and doing the digs and the skeletal fighting and all that stuff, and I just sit there with my little supply crate running barrel to barrel, doop-a-doop-a-doop-a-doop-a-doop, ooh, pineapple, ooh, chain shot, ooh, cursed cannonball. I love doing that. To me, that's a lot of fun. And then, unfortunately, I have some people who don't understand that sail with me that supplies go in barrels, not on storage crates on your deck. Patty. Barrels. That way, when you sink, they can't take your shit. I know we don't sink, but I'm just saying, if we do sink, I would rather all the supplies go down with the ship. Oh, that is an ongoing. Everyone has their own way of doing supplies, but I'm telling you, Put your supplies in the barrel so that way someone can't use it against you. Or crippling you just by taking a storage crate off your deck. Just, I know it's easier, it's more convenient, but don't. <clears throat> so I think this is a great option for, for, uh, for players out there who take part in captaincy. Gives players a quicker way to get into the game. Not everyone enjoys playing the game the way I enjoy playing the game, and that's absolutely fine. That's the beauty of Sea of Thieves. Play it the way you want to play it. I enjoy supply writing. Other folks don't. They have less play time than me. Let them get out there and enjoy the game for the limited time that they have. Totally cool with it. The Sovereign. The Sovereign. Now, I've had discussions with people, I've talked on this show, about what I think the Sovereign should do and how they should be designed. I'm a historical buff, and I know Mike Chapman is a historical buff. 
And there's certain features of this game that really hurt my soul because they are, this game is built in a historical time period. Yes, we are in a magical land protected by the shroud with mermaids and crustaceans and ghosts and skeletons. I get it. But it is based in a period of time, which means there are certain things, certain economic things that are well established in the lands of piracy. And one of those is pirates sell cheap so that the people they sell to can sell it more expensive. That's how it works. So when I heard them putting in a sovereign, a middleman, if you will, between you, the pirate, and the trading companies, that was something that definitely existed back in this time period before the golden age of piracy and especially during the golden age of piracy. We haven't made it there yet in Sea of Thieves, but we are pre-golden age of piracy. This system of trading was definitely in place where I'm taking goods that I have pillaged out on the seas. I am selling it to someone for me to get a quick buck. And then they're turning around and selling it at a higher price at a legitimate port or a legitimate place. So they make money and they're the middleman. They're the they're the they're the go-between. They're the broker, right? They're the legitimate business person because a pirate's not. So when they were introducing the sovereign, I expected a NPC that will sell to you or that you can sell to, but they won't give you maximum value. Okay, reps fine. They wouldn't give you maximum value, and in my mind, shouldn't give you emissary credit. I know I was fought on this, but it just makes sense. Because if you're creating a simple, easy way to sell your stuff off, why do you need the gold hoarder tent? Why do you need the order of souls building? Why do you need the mysterious stranger? Why do you need the merchant building? You don't. Because no one's going to go and sell to them anymore. Why? Because they just sell to the sovereign. And so it didn't make sense. Yes, it made it easier, 100%. But then why just not delete the rest of them out of the outpost? Because they're not needed anymore. And so that was my argument. Don't make the other trading companies invalid. There is not a need for a servant of flame on every outpost. Why? Because ships aren't marked on the map. The reason you can sell everything to reapers and it's easier is because you're marked on the map. You get the reward for the risk. If you're running a gold hoarder flag, where's the risk? You're not marked on the map. People don't know automatically where you are. They have to find you. So you should have to take a little bit extra time to sell. You don't get a better reward because you're not taking the risk. And I was quite disappointed when I read the notes about the sovereign, because the sovereign is like the servant of flame. They will accept just about anything. Some stuff they won't, right? Some of the items they won't, right? The humble gifts, they're not going to accept. Those still go to the reapers. Um, The delivery items um, still need to be delivered to the appropriate person. They're not a complete catch-all like reapers is. But you can turn in Athena stuff there. And you can turn in gold order stuff there. And you can turn in merchant stuff there. And you can turn in order of soul stuff there. And they give you full rep and full value, even emissary value. They give you ledger value. And it's 100%. And that makes zero sense. Because it literally says in the patch notes, when they talk about the sovereign, It literally says that the sovereign will take care of selling it for you. So what this tells me is that this sovereign, this entity, makes no money. Because you're you're buying it, you're you're selling it to them (coughs) at the same value you sell it to the gold hoarder, at the same value you sell it to the merchant, the same value you sell it to the mysterious stranger. You're selling it to the sovereign at the same value but they're taking care of it for you, which means they're getting the same thing from the merchant, the merchant, the gold order, stuff like that. They're taking care of it for you. 
<clears throat> which means they're making no money, which makes zero sense in a world of piracy. It makes zero sense in the economic systems that would have existed during this time. It makes zero sense. And I know people out there always say, well, it's just a game and there's mermaids and shit like that. I get it. It is just a game. But when it has been publicly stated that this game exists in this world, in a shroud, in the Bahama area, during the time just before the golden age of piracy, there are certain systems that exist. And we know that most people in the sea of thieves came here. They weren't born here, which means they came from an outside organization. They came from an outside understanding of a, of a successful business system. And they're going to bring it here. There's not going to be a go between that doesn't take a cut. And based on how this sovereign is, 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 is working and how it is portrayed as they'll take care of it. They are a go between that's not taking a cut, which makes zero economic sense in the time period that we are in. Is it, is it good for the players? hundred percent. Is it nice for the players to be able to basically sell everything at one stop shop instead of running around and, and making little loot piles everywhere on their boat and having to take those little loot piles in three, four different places on an Island, uh, uh, full of traders. Absolutely. It is much better for the players. It's much easier for the players, but it doesn't make sense. And I know some of the folks out there that I've had this discussion with who love the idea of the sovereign before we had an idea of what the sovereign actually does. And now are especially going to love the idea of the sovereign, but those people are still the ones who are caught up in lore and story and cohesion. You can't be caught up in lore and story and a cohesive story if you don't also understand where this game takes place and the historical context that it's in. There are economic systems that were proven successful at this time that would have been brought into the Sea of Thieves and used here. You can't love lore and having consistent story, but also ignore history of what is going on outside the veil that these people brought here. You can't have it both ways. Is this great for the players? Yes. Does it make any logical sense whatsoever? No. Will I use the sovereign? Absolutely. I'm going to use the sovereign. Will it trigger me because it doesn't make any sense in history? Yes, it will. And based on talking to Mike and Joe at Sea of Thieves Fest, <clears throat> they do listen to my show. Um, I would like to know from Mike why. Like, I know why. The reason is... They want to even out Reapers and the, tra the, the trading companies. That's what they want to do. Reapers is a catch-all. Again, it, in my mind, it's a catch-all because risk versus reward. And they wanted to, to have that same system so it's equal, so it's fair at the outpost. I get that. On game design and player experience, I get it. But Sea of Thieves is more than just game design and player experience or hit registration would have been fixed three years ago. Server stability would have been fixed three years ago. We would have had six ships on the server a year ago, and that would have been stable and good. We wouldn't have rubber banding. We wouldn't be cashing out. The, if, if, if all Rare cared about was player experience, a lot of this shit would be fixed by now. Rare cares about player experience, yes, but they also carry about a cohesive, logical, historical story. And the Sovereign, at this time, in this moment, makes zero sense in terms of history. Zero sense. So I don't care about your mermaids. I don't care about your walking crustaceans. I don't care about this is a video game. I want you to look at how Rare designs their story. They're very accurate about things. And they say certain things because that's how it is. And we know that the Sea of Thieves exists in the real world 
somewhere in the Bahama Islands, covered in a, sh- uh, in a shroud, around the time, but not at the time of the Golden Age of Piracy. Those are known variables in history. I just don't understand. I don't get it. Like, I don't, I don't, Mike Chapman has never been the person that I point fingers at and go after. It's usually Joe, and it's usually the QA team. Again, I'm surprised Joe didn't punch me in the face at CFE's Fest, but I appreciate you didn't, especially since I was literally the very first person he saw coming up the hill to the CFT's Fest. I'm like, oh, man, this man's going to punch me in the face for everything that I say. But at this point, right now, this is the first time that I can remember that I can point to Mike and say, what the hell? Because there is no explanation that I've seen. Again, I haven't logged in, haven't talked to the sovereign. Maybe there's an explanation there. But this does not make sense in the historical time period and the economic systems that would have been brought to the Sea of Thieves from the people. Nor does it make sense in any history as far as an economic system, because there's no middleman that's 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 going to take the hit. There's no middleman that's going to take zero profit. So it doesn't make sense. And I'll tell you what, the merchant, the gold hoarder, the, the order of souls, the mysterious stranger, they know what these items are worth. So it's not like the sovereign can turn around and be like, hey, this chest that you used to get that, that, that you used to buy for 300 gold. Yeah, it's 500 gold now. Like they're not going to buy it. Why would they buy it? They know there's people out there that that, that, that they can buy it from cheaper. Like, they're not going to do that. The Sovereign's just taking care of it free of charge from, from everything I see here. So this is the first time in the history of this show that I'm pointing to Mike Chapman and saying, what the hell? Come on, man. What the hell? You are a history nerd like me. Come on. And I know he would say, hey, it's a better player experience. I agree with that. But, man... Let the, let the Reapers have it. Like you could put the sovereign in and say you get 10% less or 5% less. It doesn't even have to be that much. Say 5% less emissary value. Fine. Give it to them. Reputation. Fine. Give it to them. Everything at a discount of 5% because that historically would make sense. Cause that means the sovereign is making 5% of what the value is on that item. That is business. That makes sense. That would exist back in back then. But this does not make sense. And I promise you, if you made it 5%, players would still use the Sovereign over the Gold Hoarder, over the Order of Souls, and Merchant Alliance. I sure as hell would. If you got 5% less on every piece of item you turn in, but the convenience value of the Sovereign... Oh, Sign me up. You can take 10%. I'll give you 20% if I get that convenience. It would have been an easy sell, and it would have it would have played into a proper historical narrative of the time. 5%. No one cares. I promise you, no one will care. You could have put in the sovereign, taken 5% off the top, never put it in a patch note anywhere, never said anything. No one would have noticed. And then if someone would have asked, then you could say, yeah, it takes 5% off the top because the sovereign has to, you know, the sovereign has to make money in this transaction and still no one would give a shit because of the convenience factor. But when you put it in your notes and when you put your patch notes and you put it in your video that the sovereign gives you a hundred percent, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. You've now completely just nuclear bombed the shit out of any historical accuracy that you had on that. And it's disappointing to me. It's very disappointing to me. You can build a proper, good player experience while still maintaining the while still maintaining a good historical narrative timeline. Of, of what you're building here. So, there you go. Enough with the Sovereign. Let's move on. Logbooks. So, right now as an emissary, right, if you have a flag, 
Uh, you drop the flag, uh, and people, the Reapers can sell it, right? Or anyone can sell it who pick it up. If you are a captain, you are now going to have a logbook that tracks your session. Okay, there are two different books here. There's a log that's going to track your milestones and everything that you do while you are a captain or while you are taking part on a ship with a captain. You will get milestone unlocks and it'll show you the what you did on this ship, right? It'll be a nice little storybook. But there is also a captain's log, which is going to log your session. So what you did before you logged out, if you're server hopping, every time's a new session, right? This log is going to be a droppable piece of loot <clears throat> that a pirate hunter, a reaper, whoever can take from your ship when they sink. And they can sell it at reaper's hideout. Now, I think this is a great idea, but there is some concerns. And here's, here's the concern. I'm going to assume, because I have not played it yet, that the longer the boat is in the session, the bigger the logbook, the more money you get out of it. That's how I would design it. Might not be that way, but that's how I hope it's designed. Here is my concern. I have a rule. Don't sink tall tailors. I try to avoid sinking new pirates. I try to teach them. And, 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 you know, nurture them because eventually they're going to be a loot horde that I get to steal later. Right. So I try to bring encourage that. I try to no tall tailors, no fresh spawn. I try to avoid sinking those type of folks. But if you are a captain ship, you don't even have to have an emissary on anymore. If you are a captain ship, you automatically have a piece of loot on there that I can sell. Whether you're doing tall tales, whether you're a new player, or whether you're a fresh spawn, if that is a captained ship, no matter what you are doing, you now have a piece of treasure on your boat that a reaper can sell. So any player out there who uses the, I don't have any loot, and you have an emissary flag and the reaper's like, you got a flag. I'm sinking you for the flag. Now, not now. Maybe you don't have an emissary flag and you're like, I don't have any loot. Why are you attacking me? If you're a captain ship, you have a log book and that log book is worth gold. So do I think it's a cool feature? And do I, do I like the idea of another droppable item that you as the captain, as the crew should be trying to protect, right? Because the captain's log back in the day, that was a very valuable piece of treasure because it had information about trade routes and information from the captain that he has learned and he has got. There's some valuable information in there about maybe your next steal. So I like how they have the captain's log in there now as a stealable piece of, of, of loot because that was a stealable piece of loot back in the day that was valuable. Huh, look. We've got some sort of historical thing in there that makes goddamn sense. But if you're a player out there that does use the excuse of, I don't have anything on me. If you're on a ship that you own, if you're on a captaincy ship, you do have a piece of loot and it is the captain's log and it is worth gold and reapers will sink you for that. So there you go. There are new items in the Pirate Emporium, so make sure you check those out. Everything um, this update is based around the Wrecker. So if you like the Wrecker uh, fish, there is a costume, there are weapons, there's a ship set. Um, if you like drunken Bildrat stuff, there's drunken Bildrat emotes. Um, and there's also a free emote, and it is the portrait emote. Um, so you can get a nice little moat where you're holding up a, a portrait frame. So that's kind of cool. Uh, so one last thing that I, I wanted to kind of talk about here before, um, I, I close and, and I, I unfortunately didn't get through, uh, the, the notes too much, the patch notes. There was a lot more I wanted to talk about. I think, um, instead, 
Uh, once I play it, probably next week, once I get a good idea of, of how the servers are, how hit registration is, how the overall captaincy feels and plays, um, maybe next week we'll start to dive into the, the patch notes a little bit more. And, and there's not a whole lot. And I mean, there's, there's a lot in the patch notes cause it's, it goes through captaincy. Um, but there's not a whole lot of things that, you know, I can really talk about. Like you can just read it. It just basically is a list of the features that they've introduced. Um, but this is patch, uh, 2.6.0. Uh, and again, you can always find that at sea slash release dash notes. Um, and the update is of course, captains of adventure. So you can go through and read that if you care. Um, but what I'll probably do is after I play, um, after I play this weekend, uh, and get a good feel of this update, then I can kind of talk about the, what, what they've done, um, in, in the patch notes and things that they, they need to look at and, and redo. I am disappointed that, you know, captaincy was delayed twice and still in known issues. They have the ship and pirate my- milestones temporarily disabled and captain stash voyages temporarily unavailable. That's kind of lame. Um, you, you delayed it twice. Everything should have been tested and good to go. Um, that's really disappointing that everything wasn't, but there th- that's, that's where we are. Um, I, I said last week that when you delay an update twice, when you delay it the first time, people might understand, they might be a little irritated, but they, their expectations of a quality update goes up. And then when you delay it again, they're going to be a little bit more irritated, a little bit more disappointed and their expectations of a quality, complete update go up. Well, it was delayed twice, so expectations were high, and seeing two critical features of this update disabled right off the rip, not a good look. Um, again, I can't wait to get in and experience it and see how it feels and and you know what, what all new stuff we get to do. I'm really excited to take a look at the voyages. There's a lot of new voyages. So I am excited to play it and experience this new stuff, but I am rather, rather disappointed that after two delays, we still have two main features that are disabled right now because they weren't ready or not done. The last thing that I want to talk about um, briefly is something that um, has been making its rounds on social media um, as it was uh, in one of the updates. And that is, or one of the videos and it's in the patch notes. When you spyglass, when you spyglass a captaincy ship, it will tell you the name of the ship and it'll tell you who is captaining it. Now, there was a lot of outrage and things like that, specifically from bigger streamers saying, well, now the idea of stream sniping is much easier because people just hop and they'll just spyglass ships until they find Captain Falcor or Beardageddon or Boxy Fresh or Behaving Beardly or Pace 22 or whoever it is. They'll just keep hopping until they find that because now they have an easy, recognizable way to automatically know who is on that ship. Um, who is captaining that ship. Here is my statement. Does stream siping suck for the streamer? Yes. Guess what? You're a streamer. I have no remorse. I have no remorse. Do I like stream snipers? No, they're cheating. They have a competitive advantage because they're literally able to see and hear the comms. That's a competitive advantage. It's cheating. Right. It's not it's not an advantage based on skill. It's not an advantage based on, you know, what you it's it's literally cheating. Right. But in the same in the same breath, as a streamer who has been stream sniped, it's part of the gig, right? It's part of the gig. You're streaming, that is what you're choosing to do, as maybe your career or maybe fun. And the bigger you get, the more people who are in your chat, the more people who want to get that clip of them killing you, of sinking you, or whatever the case may be, it's part of the gig. And I don't think Sea of Thieves should ever develop features in the game just because of streamers. There are certain things that they do need to do, such as the name scramble, because that has nothing to do with protecting the streamer has nothing to do with the streamer. That has everything to do with protecting players that streamer inter like comes across that may or may not 
um, you know, be okay with being on stream. That's what that feature is for. It's not for the streamer. It's for the it's for the player that that streamer comes across. <clears throat> I know in in conversations with some players, you know, I've talked about the idea of removing one pellet from the blunderbuss. <clears throat> I know at Sea of Thieves Fest we had the discussion <clears throat> of they uh, the the people think that. Uh, Rare should take double gun away and basically make it sword and your choice of what gun you want. Um, at the end of the day, there are certain things that Rare is not going to do uh, because of their big streamers. Rare cares about their streamers. Rare does value their big dollar, big eyeball streamers. But there's also times like this where, look, you're a streamer. People are going to want to kill you. Kill them back. Deal with it. Right? So I have always approached the idea of stream sniping as it's part of the job. Right? It's part of the job. I don't like having two cell phones. I have a personal phone and I have a work phone. I don't like the idea that my work phone could go off at 3 in the morning and I have to take the work call. It's part of the job. If you're a streamer, stream stiping is part of the job. You might not like it. It may trigger you. You may be upset. And understandably so, it is a, in my opinion, in many people's opinion, a version, vision, uh, a version of cheating. But it's part of the gig. And it's part of the job. So you got to deal with it. Personally, I think I, I, I really like the idea of being able to telescope in and seeing the unique or probably sometimes very trolly names of people I have on their ship. Because back in the day, guess what? That's what you would do. Historically. Accurate. You would spyglass in and based on the type of ship, shape of ship, sails, um, flag on the back, you would know what type of ship that was sailing in those waters. Huh. You mean they did a couple features of this update that actually made historical sense and it wasn't about player experience? Huh. Gee, wish you could keep that trend going all the time. You know, with the Sovereign. I hope everyone is having a good time with season seven. I am looking forward to diving into it this weekend. Please. If you would like to come watch any of the live streams, I've been playing sea of thieves. I've been playing a lot of new world with their new update. Uh, the game is in a much better place. I'm having a lot of fun with that. I know there's some more games that are on the horizon, um, that I would like to play, um, as well. Uh, please do come on over twitch.tv slash Davram. Um, I stream right now four days a week. That is Friday night, Eastern Standard Time, Saturday midday tonight, Eastern Standard Time, Sunday midday tonight, Eastern Standard Time, and Monday at night, Eastern Standard Time. I hope you can come by. I hope you can say hello. Please do check out the Twitter, twitter.com slash TV. We have a Discord. That link is down in the description. Please come by and say hello. You can always hit me up in the email box, which is also in the description. Please hit the like on this video. If you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe, ring the bell, and we'll be back next week. Take care of yourself and each other, and I will see you next time on Pirate Talk Radio.